Hello, everyone, and welcome to Evolve Beyond. We are so excited to talk about a very taboo topic today. Michael, how are you doing? I'm really, really, really good. And you chose a topic today, and yeah. I'm glad you did because it seems to be vogue. It really does. It's so strange to me. So we're going to talk about polyamory and the different types and our different perspectives on this, because I think it's come up quite a bit for Michael, which is interesting, and it's come up quite a bit for me, which is interesting. And I've, I've really noticed that in the past so many years, this has been the thing that people are, are going into. Now, whether they're married and they decide that they'd like to be in a polyamory relationship, or whether they are just this type of person, I think that there's different reasons for what this is. And I will say, I'm going to be totally honest. There's this podcaster who used to talk about it all the time before he got married. And I was like, this guy's just afraid of commitment. I mean, I just can't get behind what he's saying. And I don't care how many followers he has and everything else. Like he just, I, I can't get behind what he's saying because I do believe that there are times where people are afraid of commitment. Therefore, they want to jump around and experience something different. And then I also think that some people are actually really testing the boundaries of different emotional expressions. And we'll dive into both of those. Well, I, I mean, I think that there are a couple of angles that we could come in yeah. to this, and it's quite fascinating. One angle is obviously the social constructs that we build as societies that says that when you get married or you're in a relationship, it, it's one-on-one, -on -one, that's it, till that changes. Although the biggest things that we see on our screens and stuff is adultery. So there is a lot of contradiction in the human experience around this particular subject. We know some societies practice polyamory. We know other societies are absolutely against it. So it's interesting. One of the things I will say right off the bat, which I personally believe, is that as humans, we are animals. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, therefore, monogamy isn't something that's natural to us. because I agree. Because we are attracted to body shapes, sizes. There's an attraction. can be smell. The smell, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. There's yeah. lots of different things. However, we've learned to be consciously monogamous mm -hmm. and this is where i think a lot of the conflict happens most recently eh, we hear of the will and jada type marriage where they're open i was speaking to a friend the other day who was telling me that they got approached by somebody who had said to them look i'd like to have a relationship with you but i'm not leaving my wife and I'd like my wife to be okay with it. So they were out, they were open, they were declared, and it was the sort of thing that you go back 10, 15 years ago, and that would have been a taboo subject. Right, right. So it's very, they very... They would have been called swingers. Most definitely. Now it's just not the, it's not the case, and being a single person and dating in the world, it's amazing how many people are in open relationships. Well... See, you brought a smile to my face when you mentioned the term swingers because inadvertently, at <laughs> 17, 18 years old I was, uh, um, I got invited to this party by my then boss. 
phone. Um, in, in a place called Leighton Buzzard, right here in the UK. And apparently Leighton <laughs> Buzzard was the swingers capital of the UK. Mm. And I went into this party not knowing what I was walking into. And when I went in there, you just saw people literally disappearing upstairs with somebody, coming back down half an hour later, then disappearing upstairs with somebody else. And it wasn't, whilst it wasn't an open orgy, it might as well have been, mm -hmm. but it was a swingers party. And the whole village almost, this whole community around the area, it was an acceptable mm -hmm. norm. And so if I'm saying to you I was 18, that would have been 1978. Mm -hmm. Wow. So this stuff has been around, but it just seems like now it's more people are coming out. And I think maybe part of that might be because relationships seem to be for a season now rather than right. to the end. So there's a lot more short-termism mm -hmm. about relationships. I think to the point where some people get married with the knowledge that this may not last as long as we want it to, but let's do it anyway. Yeah, and that's a very interesting thing. And that's where I was going into in the beginning of this podcast where I do think that, and I have worked with couples where when they want to be open, but they've been declared as a, a marriage, you know, sometimes it's really because the other person is just wanting to explore and is bored and is all these other things. Now, sometimes there's a very expansive energy that just wants to feel all these other energies because it doesn't want to just take their one partner as the ultimate thing. But then I also have a third thought that when you commit in a relationship, it is a really powerful time to do the work. And you've chosen somebody who you will reflect, mirror, and do so much work with until you decide, you both decide that you won't. But I think that that's, that's not because there's a sexual urge. And that's where I would want to look at that. Like, is this an urge because you want to get to know somebody else and to enjoy their, an experience with them? And there's something about that energy that is like giving you an opportunity for growth? Or is this truly just a lustful experience where you want to have permission to go have an affair? Well, that's sexual energy, that's sexual yeah. chemistry. But sometimes it may be because you want a different experience mm -hmm. and that experience doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. Mm -hmm. However, yeah. it can be that this other person is occupying a lot of your time that's diverting away from, quote, unquote, your main relationship. Mm -hmm. So that could represent a form of cheating, but somehow we in our realm don't look at it like that because it's actually the sexual act right. that becomes the judgment point. Now, go on, sorry. Uh, well, I was just going to say, so in tantra communities, right, because this, this has been around polyamory in this way where there is a primary which would be your partner, your wife, your husband. But then there's a secondary, which everybody gets allowances around. And there's a tertiary, if you want. Maybe there's even a fourth, per, uh, you know, however many partners. But everyone is aware of everybody else. 
and everyone has the okay around it. And it, it it's not just about having sex with. It's actually building relationships and almost forming this community. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you where there's a bunch of Tantra communities. But that was my introduction in my 20s to this kind of conversation, this open dialogue you have with your partner. I thought it was so interesting and so cool. So I practiced what it would be like to date and tell people I'm not committed to you. Yeah, and I get that. And I think that open honesty mm -hmm. um, is at the essence of what we're talking about because a lot of the time, the judgment around that is about the fact that these things happen and they're hidden. Mm -hmm. um, so there is a form of betrayal or deceit that's going on. And that goes to the point that was brought up in the beginning is that somebody like myself, for instance, who is saying... I'm not committed to you. This is not a thing. Like, this is the way that I'm working my process right now. I would be able to then go into, okay, well, that person, I might like them, and I might like them more than a little, and they might be going off and dating other people, but we're in communication. We're having an open dialogue, hence an open relationship, and we're also able to explore the realms of jealousy and envy and some of these lower vibratory energies, which can really create a lot of disturbance. So when you can somatically feel them in your body and work through that process and discover where these come from, because they're not real, they just feel so overwhelming that you think that they're real. And also, very often, in the way that we talk about this stuff, over the centuries, that positioning is very different for a male than it is for a female. 100%, because a woman would be called a whore. And a male would be applauded. Unless you're Cleopatra. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I think that that's part of the patriarchal society that we're growing out of. Yes. And this subject has brought me to a place where it's reminded me of one of my very, very favorite films. And it was Spike Lee's first film, which is She's Got to Have It. Mm -hmm. And basically, the setup of that film was that there was this character, Nola Darling. Her <laughs> oh, name lovely. Was. Nola Darling, her name was. And she was having a relationship with three different men because she was getting three different feeds from them. Mm -hmm. And first of all, it was a liberating film on a number of levels. A woman saying, no, I don't want to be with one person because I get something different from all of you. Mm -hmm. And it was a black woman coming out and saying this. The subject was provocative, controversial, yet at the same time, it brought to the table something that was very real and something where a lot of people were feeling the same. It was actually going in and looking at our relationship and saying that I may not get the feed that I want from one person. And that's a great point because this goes back to what you were talking about in terms of natural monogamy versus conscious monogamy. And here's the deal. We get into relationships and again, we get into this codependent pattern of they're supposed to give me everything rather than the community gives me everything. So if you can healthfully be in a relationship and be interdependent and then also have relationships that don't need to involve sexual advances with other people and you get your energy fulfilled by the community 
in a healthy way. Not to say that sex is not healthy. I am not saying that. I'm just saying that when you are seeking other partners, when you have one partner and the partner and you have not talked about an open relationship, that I do believe is unhealthy. I believe that there's something there that's a pattern and thing that needs to get worked out. That's a whole other topic. But what I'm saying is that it's very important that when you're in relationship with one person and you decide that you're unfulfilled, of course you look at yourself, but you also look to the community and you ask yourself, what is it that I need? And find that in friendships and find that in other relationships. And then you'll really know whether or not opening up the relationship is a healthy thing to do for both of you. Because uh, that's fascinating because I think that this is where we have arrived at as a species. Mm -hmm. Because this reminds me of a book by Yuval Noah Harari called Sapiens. And it's, a, it's the history of our species. And he talks about the fact that at one point there were sapiens who operated societies where the woman would sleep with as many males as she could. And then this, the baby would be born. And because they didn't know who fathered the baby, all the men took responsibility. I love this. Right. All the men <laughs> took responsibility. And actually, the woman didn't have the knowledge to know who fathered the baby. So therefore, it wasn't even in the concept that it could be one person. That's amazing. And that's who we were. And that's who we should go back to being. <laughs> <laughs> I but don't that, see anything that, wrong with but, that. But, but that's who we were. You're right. So the constructs that we've created around the novel, you belong to me, I belong to you, yeah, is, is, is a story we tell ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And thank you. I think that we've been talking quite a bit, but the definition, Michael, thank you for that, because it, it is that you belong to me, me, I belong to you, and it's that codependent sort of thing, and that's not what this is about. And we've we've moved so far away from ourselves to understand who we are within relationship versus we are the relationship. Yes, and it's a big point. The beautiful thing about occupying this human space is our minds. Mm -hmm. Because we can create whatever stories we want. Our consciousness allows us to do that. So if we create a story that other people buy into, and the story is, you belong to me, I belong to you. And that's how these constructs are out. And that is told and retold right. and lived over centuries and centuries. We get what we got. Now somebody's started to question that again. And said, well... That ran for a couple of hundred years or whatever, but actually now, in my human experience, I want to do something different. Mm -hmm. Actually, who are we to argue? Exactly. I think it's just to understand, and that's where we need more information and education. And that's, I started actually asking people, and there's all different kinds of uh, polyamory, like kitchen polyamory. Have you heard of this? No. So kitchen, so kitchen polyamory is like when, on the that we have sex in the kitchen with <laughs> no it's when all the families get together so you literally swap families and the family oh, wow. uh, yeah so it's like around the kitchen table basically is what it means is it's literally like a community wow isn't that interesting 
right? So there's these different... I need to get out more. This is what I'm saying. My jaw dropped. I mean, this was, this was only three years ago. It was a very interesting thing. So I started paying attention to these people who were telling me all of these really interesting stories. And yeah, I think we as a society have also... One of the reasons we're interested in this type of thing is because we do ping off energy. And so it's what happens when you're in a new relationship? I mean, the butterflies, the zest, the smells, the, you know, that feeling of everything is amazing, right? And you just enjoy the shit out of that. And so when you have an old relationship that doesn't seem to spark new because you're not sparked in your own life, and you're looking to somebody else, that's also a level of codependency. That's what I have to say. And that's where my little ding, 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 ding comes around this whole polyamory movement. Because I'm like, eh. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it does need to be healthy based on the principles of Tantra. Well, what absolutely got me jumping up and down here, because when I start to think about the fact that education's changed us, because before we learned to read or write, our existence was pretty carnal. Mm -hmm. Because we didn't have the mechanisms in place that allowed us to question, that allowed us to show it a different way. So we just went with our carnal instincts, mm -hmm. which are still there. Mm -hmm. As soon as we learned to put pen to paper, we learned to print, we learned to tell stories, we then learn to express romance in words. We then built pictures of how we should connect to each other. And we then, all of us, started to connect to each other in those ways. Mm -hmm. it, the written word became the way that we started to live our lives. Mm -hmm. We move forward now. Mm -hmm. It's what's going on in the soap operas. Mm -hmm. It's what's going on in the screens. The medium of the, of the day starts to dictate the social norm. Say that one more time. The medium, of the, the medium of the day starts to dictate the social norm. Mm -hmm. And, of course, if we compare the world that, as I said before, Yuval um, Noah Harari told us about, we didn't have those reference points. Right. Our reference points were carnal. We're much more engaged with who we were as animals. So, therefore, there was nothing wrong with us. Doing that doing that no it was normal right as we said the woman it wasn't even in the woman's concept that it was only one egg that could be fertilized so it's like to have a baby i need to sleep with all of these people mm -hmm. and what's beautiful about that is the community comes together and you get everything that you need and the child gets everything has everybody's their father uh, uh -huh. because we all have individualized energy systems that feed each other and so I, I really appreciate that. I'm glad you do. <laughs> <laughs> but we're a little hungry right now, and okay. I think we're both going a little bonkers. Ooh, you are listening to Evolve Beyond. I think we've reached a stage in our existence as, as human beings whereby... Polyamory is back on the table. It is. It's undeniable. Too many people no. are talking about it, doing it, expressing it. I touched on the short-termism of relationships now, mm -hmm. which 
brings you much more into a space where, well, if I'm not committing to this relationship for any length of time, it's going to have an end by date, then why not have a few relationships? Mm -hmm. Well, and the thing I want to say about that, though, is that what I understand about polyamory is you are actually committed to one person and you're open to having other relationships. So it's not necessarily that there's a non-committal sense. It's just that there's opportunity for other energies to come in. And and it's understanding that those other energies might offer something different Mm -hmm. than the energy, but but it's not going to take you away from, and I think you used the the primary, Mm -hmm. the primary relationship. Yeah. But I think that that also doesn't stop someone from potentially having fear of what happens if my wife, my husband meet somebody who they've decided now that they want to have as a primary and only a primary. And that's just, that's the thing. But that speaks to the human experience of evolution. Right. Because ultimately what might evolve out of that is another behavior pattern again, and another sect of society who recognize that and do things differently again. Mm -hmm. What we're looking at is a transformation from some of the social constructs that we stuck to, that we believed in. Because what we're hearing is that there's people saying, I don't believe in that anymore. Mm. Or we're doing this. And it may be that with this comes the risk of losing that person. Right. That might be be what happens. Mm -hmm. The fact is that as a society we've started to dip our feet in the water a lot more in this area. And the subject of polyamory, whilst it's always been there, Mm -hmm. is more pervasive now Mm -hmm. and it doesn't look like it's going away. As does, dare I say it, which may be closely aligned, is the existence of bisexual relationships. Right. Because, again, what we have there is a human being who needs the feed of both sexes. Right. So, therefore, you could see a polyamorous relationship where 100%. you feed my male side, you feed my female side, mm-hmm. my female me. Mm-hmm. And those subjects would have been taboo mm-hmm. before because of the pervasiveness of religion and rituals and societal constructs. Mm-hmm. But as we break through those and the rebel in society comes out right, and challenges the norm. And I think this is where we talk about coming out of the patriarchal way of living in the world. But what is next? What would we call that next version of ourselves? Because I really do believe it it's is... a great a, question. I really believe this is a collaboration. It's a cooperation. It's a collective growth together this is where in the enneagram which i think we have described before the world is really moving from a a three as an achiever and a me very me-based way to a we and when we understand that we are all one and we have that collective consciousness and we tap into the everything and the nothing we get to meld into all those energies whether it's sexual or not i mean i will tell you michael i have had some mind-blowing meditations that in its nature were quite intimate but they never got me 
an arousal like an orgasm would. It's a different kind yes, of different expansion yeah. and explosion. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that's what we're going into. Well, what's interesting, I quoted a couple of times now, uh, Yuval uh, Noah Harari and his book Sapiens. He's actually brought out another book called Homo Deuce, mm -hmm. which is his next iteration of our homo species. Mm -hmm. So we'll move from sapiens to deuces. Mm -hmm. And those deuces operate at a different level again. And they probably speak to what you're talking about mm -hmm. now. I'd like to read that book. So maybe what we'll do is we'll pause this and I'll read that book. You'll read that book and we'll have a chat about it. We will. All right. Okay. Everybody, evolve beyond. Thank you very much. Remember... Please like, share, subscribe. We're so grateful for all of the listeners, the new and the old. Have these conversations with your friends, your family, your community. And please feel free to reach out with new ideas, topics, anything that you want us to dive on into, and anything else, any comments. Fantastic. Yeah, we're grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. What is Evolve Beyond? A podcast that touches on life's experiences and in turn guides you to your greatest wisdom, truth, and energetic potential. We are your hosts. I'm Michael Adams, human behavior specialist. And I'm Amy Elizabeth, energy evolution mentor. Together, we dive deep. So you can accelerate your highest evolution and align with who you were born to be. We are asking our listeners to come with an open mind and strongly encourage trying on a new way of thinking to transcend reoccurring patterns and themes once and for all. It is in acceptance and responsibility that we are able to do that for ourselves and our life's path. We invite you to dive deep with us and evolve beyond. Who is Amy Elizabeth? Amy's formal background is in psychology and education, and over the past two decades, she has coupled this with multiple forms of energy medicine to assist her clients in identifying and living their highest evolution. She believes evolution is an everyday choice that we can all access, and her work focuses on assisting you to clear and create pathways to a fulfilling, majestic, and holistic spiritual existence. She utilizes ancient tools and rituals backed by scientific methods to achieve this. Having worked with high achievers, influencers, many decorated officers, professional athletes, business leaders and entrepreneurs, she has co-created a map to navigate living the life you were created to live in connectivity, joy and peace. Who is Michael Adams? Michael is a human behavior specialist who focuses on psychology and talking therapies. He is also an internationally respected marketing consultant, mentor, business growth strategist, and public speaker. In a professional career that spans over 40 years, he has practiced in the areas of elite professional sport, corporate business, public and private sector environments. In the past decade, his focus has been in the field of personal development, looking at improving individuals' dialogue with themselves in order to reach their full potential in life. He continues to develop new techniques that can be simply deployed by individuals in their everyday lives. 